You're listening to the 10 Minute Think Through, a to the point conversation about the Bible, theology, and current events. Today, we're going to consider what happens if there's someone that is close to you, maybe a family member or a friend, and, and some, just someone that you love, and you've told them about Jesus and they just don't believe it. What do you do? How do you respond in that kind of a situation? I remember when I first came to Christ, I was, um, it was very, very difficult to. Um, to go home to my family. I think I maybe even talked about this on a podcast before, but to go home to my family and really evaluate these things. Christ was not really, we were church going people, but um, in those days, Christ wasn't really at the center as of as much of our home. And um, thankfully that's changed much more now. Uh, but that reality, the weight of that question would sit on me really heavily um, from a close family perspective. And I think we all know people now who we, uh, who we want to uh, put into practice really what it means to, to pray for and long for and and really earnestly desire that they would come to meet Jesus because when you when when you know there's someone you care deeply for and you believe rightly about eternity uh, those two things are on a collision course that is very it can even be very emotional and I think rightfully so should be yeah so when you're in a situation like that you know there I could imagine a couple different responses responses you could like constantly ask them about Jesus, like just like berate them with questions about the gospel and church. You could ignore it and move on and never talk about Jesus again. Or, or you could just, uh, you know, you could even just distance yourself because of the awkwardness from the person, uh, buy them a new Bible, a new Christian book every time it's Christmas or whatever. Um, so what, you know, what would you say is the right response? You know, when you do feel that way, first, I would just say, that's so great that you have someone in your life that God has, I think that you have to really say, I think that God's placed me in this person's life. And so if there is somebody that you love who is not a believer, that is a a time for consideration and and some sadness. and, And it's not, you know, it's not all good news. But I would say if you're a Christian, there had better be some people in your life who you have strong feelings for who are unbelievers and maybe yet not believers. But first, I think it's it's good news because that means that you're living a missional lifestyle and you're engaging a lost culture. Yes, I think there's a, a tendency to um, to quickly move toward uh, an attempt to to kind of compartmentalize, right? So, like, is now the time I'm supposed to? be talking about who Jesus is or is uh, tomorrow or should I get around to it later on or when's the right time for me to speak up about these things and um, the, there's to me like I think the most effective witness is to to be yourself uh, we've looked at an article here by Aaron Menikoff from the Gospel Coalition and I love the point he makes if if you live your life authentically as you so you speak of what matters to you and you, you think of and talk about what Jesus has done in your life as is appropriate without cramming it down anyone's throat, then uh, that's the, the most, uh, not just effective, but like real authentic way we can impact those around us. Yeah, it provides an explanation as to maybe some of the motivations that you have, some of the things that you do that might seem a little bit weird, especially to a non-believer. And all of this assumes that you've are you've made sure they know the, about the gospel, right? Sure. You've at least like maybe you've not talked to them about the whole thing, but you know that they know, and you've touched on it in conversation before, and so that you know that they have that awareness. For me, uh, prayer is something I struggle with here because 
uh, I want to control the situation, um, not just in this way, but in all ways. I want to control all the situations. Um, and I think when you are able to go to the Lord and ask for the salvation, that it does a lot for you. Uh, for like it centers you uh, into a mission mindset because if you're going to the Lord often and you're saying please save this person please save this person that's going to dramatically affect the way that you think about that person and the way that you love and care for that person and then of course the, it, it's putting God in the right spot God is the one who saves and God is the one who brings salvation and so it's calling on him to do that those things and it's recognizing that he is the only one who can do those things and so it's it's uh, for me it's a really humbling thing to do and I, I think it's a, a really great step if you care for someone's salvation um, I love what Paul this has been uh, I remember Brian Smith my youth pastor talked to me about this uh, scripture when I was in middle school, and it stuck with me so heavily ever since in Romans 9, um, 2 through 3, where Paul says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. And Paul's saying, if I could go to hell in place of the Jews who are rejecting Jesus, I would choose to do that because that's how broken and how much I long for their salvation. And I, I love that idea because... Um, that that kind of brokenness over someone else's lostness. It's very beautiful. And I, I think it's a good imitation of what Christ has done for us. And that's a place that I want to be able to to get to. It's a tension you want to live in all the time. So you have someone who you've spoken to about the gospel. They know who you are, what you believe. And uh, you've shared that with them. And uh, now you know the wise thing to do is not to go you know, some of my neighbors who I share the gospel with, it's not necessarily to walk over there again today and knock on the door. The Lord may prompt me to do that, and if so, um, and not to just go knock on the door, but to knock on the door and begin to lay out the gospel. You know, if that were to be a prompting of the Spirit, then by all means we should obey that. But is that the wise thing to do? And if it's not, which it doesn't always feel like the right thing to do, right? There's a time and space and lifestyle of watching how, uh, how you might live and follow Jesus also, though, you have this weight that you carry that says, okay, when is the right time? So now, when? If not now, you know, I, I want to stay in this. Because if you don't, there can be a tendency to just let your heart grow cold. So you begin to stop thinking about eternity when it comes to that person. Um, Benikoff talks about not abandoning the doctrine of hell. So it's easy for us to stop thinking, okay, eternity uh, is long and this person is going to spend, spend it apart from God. And uh, I don't know that we abandon it necessarily as much as we just ignore it. We just don't think about it. We try to remind ourselves that, you know, um, we're all going to live to be 75 or 85 and have relatively easy lives. You know, we try to just think, well, I got plenty of time. But the tension is actually a good tension. I love all, you know, so you've shared the gospel with them. You're praying for them. You're being yourself. You're talking authentically. I think a, a really logical next step is is to love them dearly. So don't let the relationship change just because they have that they're taking a little bit more time than you would like. So continue to hang out with them. Continue to talk to them uh, about you know sports or anything. Continue to go to movies and um, celebrate birthdays and and weddings and all those kinds of things with the person that that is lost because um, they're going to see what it means to be a, a loving church in those actions they're also going to see um the you know some glimpses of christ through those kinds of actions and so it's definitely going to be compelling and it's going to be well representative of of the lord 
So is there a difference between how you should intentionally interact with someone that you love who is not a believer and someone that you, you may, they're an acquaintance, they're someone who just happens to be in your circle, but they're also not a believer. Is there a, a different way that you would want to engage them or is it this is a same, you know, same action for both types of people? Uh, well, I've heard you talk before about relational equity, the idea that you've invested in someone and occasionally you're able to make withdrawals from what you have built in that relationship. And I think this is a good example of that where you have uh, trust built. And so when you're able to say to someone, hey, you should follow Jesus and here's why to someone who trusts you, it has a lot of weight and has a lot of authenticity. So I do think maybe it's like a little bit different in that way. I don't know that door-to-door evangelism is quite as effective when it's a stranger, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think there's um, anything that moves us to share the gospel more is a good thing. I think we're going to see it swing back toward um, speaking more plainly and freely more quickly about not just the facts of the gospel, but about your testimony and who you are, Um, especially as we consider how busy we are in these days and thinking just about life and real impact. And as, uh, you know, we pray that as the Lord um, changes the landscape that, um, you know, that pray that he does. And I think as he does, maybe there'll be a return to, you know, being willing to really press into hard things even quicker. And, uh, and you know, so all the above, right? The, yes, I'm going to love well and serve well and speak about my story and share the gospel plainly. And I'm going to do that once and I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to love some more, serve some more. I'm going to do it again, you know, as, uh, as the opportunity presents itself and pray the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons I asked that question is that if you put yourself in the shoes of someone who is the unbelieving loved person, yeah. don't you think at some point they would go, because I've had someone say this to me where they're like, oh, it feels like the only thing this person wants to do is convert me. And all they want to do is like share the gospel with me. And then it was like, you would hear this person who you know, would, with really great intentions, be really intentional. Um, you would never that? say that. This is where my mind goes. Because I, I, the same argument, you know. You're, you would never say that to a person who backed up their desire to see that person converted with the appropriate amount of genuine love for that person. It's only when we distance ourselves and we just treat people like projects that that's an argument, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, so let's not do that. And and in this article, I mean, to be fair, you wouldn't do that with someone you really love, like a family member or, right. uh, you know, a longtime friend. Or it starts off with the story of a, uh, you know, a dad who has three sons, who all of which have walked away from the faith while they're in college. Well, you wouldn't do that. You would still, you know, put money in the bank if the guy's, you know, uh, buying his kids groceries while they're at the while they're at school. You know, I mean, you that those kids are likely not going to make that argument with uh, with their dad, but that argument, rightfully so, is made many times in our world because of uh, of our uh, unwillingness to really press in and love people well, I think. I think, too, uh, the reason I would bring it up is that uh, we have the example that Jesus loved equally. Like he loved Peter as much as he loved Judas. Right. And so like he, and I, you would say, I don't know that I would call Judas a believer. And so like, it's hard for me to think that he would treat people differently, but just because they were unbelievers. 
you love them the same. Yeah. Don't ignore it. Like, you know, if they've said, if they've sort of said, you know what, that's not for me. I'm not really into it. Um, that's okay for them to have a little bit of space, but you know, let the weight of their salvation continue to fall on your shoulder and for you to continue to give that over to the Lord often and, and to be seeking out an opportunity to love them better. Have a thought about today's podcast or an idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear it. Let us know at 10minutethinkthrough.com. If you like our podcast, help other people find it by rating us on the iTunes or Google Play podcast store. 